Welcome to the Thrive Without Limits podcast with your host, Jake Deichler, an Olympian, husband, and father, where we aim to deliver an episode each week with an inspiring individual or lesson to help you thrive in your life. Let's have some fun. Dude, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. What's, uh... I was literally going to ask you, like, first thing, like, what's the story of the mullet, man? Like, where did this come? How long did that thing take to go out? Um, I, well, after our wedding in September 22, yeah, that's when, cause I wanted to do it. I just couldn't do it cause of our wedding. Yeah. Um, she wouldn't let me. So, <laughs> but, uh, I shaved my head after that in October of 22, like buzz cut. And then yep. I just grew it out from there. So I had it for a solid year and three, three or four months, year and three months. That's so awesome. I guess it wasn't a mullet the whole time though. I, you know, it's, I grew it for a year and three months, but yeah. it was probably a mullet for the last like eight months or so. It's so awesome. It, yeah. I, look- I was just getting like, it was just, if I didn't get it trimmed off, it just, I looked like a bum. So I was like, I need to, I just need to go back to my regular haircut. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> I want that clean cut look again. <laughs> oh, I looked, I had my, I had my everything just grown out. Like, my beard is all patchy and it was all grown yeah. out when I went into the barber and it was like the sides were all grown out and the, <laughs> it was all frizzy. Cause I'd never trimmed it once. And so my, it was all frizzy. And like, I was like, I look terrible. <laughs> I was like, can I need to get a beard, like a full beard. No, I can, I can do, I can't either. I can do here. I can do here and here. Yeah. And then like the sides are like, this side's better than this side, but it's patchy. Yeah. So great. It's not great. Oh, it's nothing. Awesome. It's nothing to write home about or be proud of. So I just usually just cut it off. <laughs> That's freaking awesome. Well, let's get this, let's get this thing going so I can get you back to your family, man. Um, first of all, I just want to say thanks for taking the time to come on, talking MMA, wrestling, a little bit of life. Um, for the listeners of the show, Mitchell, I was going to, so you need to correct me if I'm not wrong on any of these going back through. I mean, you have an awesome resume, man. I mean, you're three-time Minnesota State champ, six-time Fargo cadet and junior national champ, junior freestyle world silver medalist, Division One All-American, and currently you're 5-0 and as a pro MMA fighter in Bellator. Yep. yep. Um, I mean, this, which is awesome, man. And I already got the story in the mullet, so we're good to go there. And then, <laughs> yeah. hey, random question, can you still head pinch guys in MMA or no? Yeah, I mean, I still do it in the room for you sure. You still squeeze them? Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and the I've been working on like because it you can go to like an anaconda or a darce choke from there. So yeah. I've been trying working a lot of like doing it and then sliding an arm deep to go to a choke. Yeah, like popping them through, and then once they get to their side, then sliding to a choke. So is this um, like a jujitsu thing, like transition? Yeah, 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 yeah. Type stuff. Yeah, yeah. So like a anaconda or a darce is basically like it imagine like you have a rear naked, but it's their arm is in there like this. Oh so yeah. You're around like that. So and the name of it just depends on which arm is deep, whether it's your chin arm deep or the outside arm deep is just yeah. the two different names. Well, um that's amazing. So this is like I'm trying to just integrate that, yeah, the head pinch with the with because it's just like in like I used to do it in folk style, which was I remember pinch. you go to duel like and, oh he's gonna head pinch him <laughs> and it's like like I remember the the duel uh, I had against uh, Cade Brock at at, uh, at my junior year yeah Mac was Mac was commentating and he's like Cade shot on me right away and I head pinched him like three times and Mac <laughs> goes I don't think anyone told Mitch this isn't a freestyle match <laughs> like he'd be up six or eight zero if it was freestyle but. Unfortunately, it's folk style, and you got no points. But you would and like so, almost turn it into like an assassin, right? Like you would head pinch, stop, try to step away, and then yeah, like yeah. step over, right? Yeah, that was the idea. Yeah. But the, what sucks now is with that with the the count, like they do that that five count. Yeah. Um, they do it when you're on the ankle, or if you're locked around the head or the neck. So you don't really have, or and now it's even mm. a bow and arrow or any any of those moves. You can't. Yeah, you only have five seconds to do it, which the that assassin step over. Like if they give me two points already for the takedown, they and start I still have it locked. They start doing that five count, and then it's like I, 
you have to let go of it. Otherwise, you're going to get called for stalling. When you're trying to, you're you're literally using, it's like a pinning move. Yeah. It's like doing an arm bar, right? Yeah. But they just banned it because people used to just, you know, go to the side and lock and then oh, sit man. and hold up. Like they weren't trying to like use it as an assassin. They're just using it to like stay on top. Yeah. So like, that's why they stop. I get why they, and go like head yeah. and arm. Those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get why they, they do the count, but it just sucks when you like to do the assassin and you can't really be there because they start counting and they, you don't have time to step over and go for it. Well, seriously. Well, I mean, yeah, you've been doing that head pinch forever, man. That's why I was like, if you can use that in your MMA, why not? I was like, yeah. like there's got to be a way. Um, yeah, I still do it, but right now, it's like, just like folk style, it's no points. It's just, yeah. <laughs> so that's why I'm trying to work, like, getting to a choke from it. So it's actually, like, useful, not just, yeah. like, some move that I'm just doing for, I guess it's cool to see, but. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really... it's kind of like a mad return. Like, people get so Yeah, excited. yeah, or, like, when you suplex someone in MMA, it's, like, zero points. Zero points. But it's cool. <laughs> it's, it's so much fun to watch as a fan. Yeah. Yeah. People, the fans love seeing someone get suplexed in MMA, but yeah. it's also, it's no points and it's a lot of energy. So it's kind of like, you got to kind of weigh it. Like how much energy is suplexing this guy or doing a big head pinch and throwing them versus <laughs> like, you know, it, it's also no points. There's not like, it's not, that's the difference too with MMA is it's not like wrestling where you see the points come up, you yeah. know, like you don't know, like, my last fight, like I had to, I asked my coach, I'm like, did I win that round? Cause you like, you don't know. Yeah. You're, you're in there fighting. I don't know. You don't either as a fan. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's this. I mean, usually you can just watch and see if someone won a round or not, you know, but yeah. sometimes they're close. Right. And especially like all my other fights, they didn't, this was the first fight I had that went the distance was my last one. Yeah. So it was like each round I was like, when you're out there you have no idea if you're winning or losing you're just trying to fight and 100 so in between luckily like I'm, that's why i'm glad i have a good coach that i got to the corner i'm like did i win that round he's like yes you won that round Be, like he, yes. he he's can watch it and he can coach me but also watch it and know and help like if i ask that question because some guys like you, if you watch say ufc yeah. like they'll do the corner cam and this the the commentator say joe rogan goes yeah, he'd lost that round. He's going to have to go for the knockout this next round. And then they get to the corner camera and the coach goes, you won that round. And you're like, so did he win it or did he lose it? Yeah. Well, that's, like, yeah. Well, like as a fan, like the coach maybe like can't see it from a bias, like unbiased perspective, you know? Yes, so it's that's hard because then he's telling his guy, he thinks his guy won the round. But if you look, if you step back from an unbiased perspective, he lost the round. Yes. So that's why I'm glad, like, I have good coaches that they, they can sit there and, like, just watch it Yeah. A along with coaching me to give me, like, all right. Like, for example, if you're down two rounds, if I want to know if I'm down, if it's three-round fight, if I'm down two rounds to zero and I need a knockout or a submission in the third round to win the fight, like, I want to know that so that yes. I go out there and – but if the coach goal. tells me, hey, it's uh, you're up two rounds or it's one-to-one, -one, it, it it's – your approach to the third round is going to be so much different. Yes. hundred percent. I mean, well, and that's what I was going to ask. So like going back, I know it's been a couple of years. Like I was at your wedding, but last time I seen you, it's been too long, man. But I mean, you transitioned to MMA and you make a move from Minnesota down to, to Florida. I mean, bring everyone up to speed. I mean, what's that? I mean, we're, I'm sitting in Minnesota looking outside. It's like zero degrees right yeah. now. You know, I so just saw what's, what's yeah. Florida like, man, give us the rundown. I just saw a video uh, the other day on Instagram and it showed like the whole U S and it was like everyone, but South Florida has like an Arctic blast going on. Yes. Like it was like all yes. of the Midwest and down to like, like Oklahoma and Texas. Texas and all, even. Like, everyone's it's cold everywhere. And yeah. then we're like, we're like 85 and sunny. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> just living the dream. Yeah. It's great. I mean, in the, that's the thing though is like uh in the in the winter it's great it's awesome but you know in the summer sometimes it gets pretty hot like people always back home are like you're so lucky and it's like well you're not here in the summer you you only come down for the winter when it's yeah. nice when it's like perfect here in yeah. the summer it's terrible it's so humid and it's like a hundred and it's like a hundred degrees feels like 115 with the humidity you walk outside and you just start 
you're just drenched in sweat. Just, just, and for you as an athlete, like, you're still training. Oh. You're sweating all day. So you're like, you walk out, it's probably just full sweat, right? Oh, yeah. Like, the other day I tried, I, I messed up and I brought a sweatshirt to practice for after. Yeah. And I, I got out of the, the showers and I walked outside and I was just immediately back to just drenched, like sweating so much. And I'm like, what? I was like, that was so dumb of me. Why do I wear, like, I can't wear a sweatshirt. I mean, there is people though that, that like the difference is I came from Minnesota. So I know what cold is, Yeah. but there's people who've lived down in South Florida their whole life. And when it gets to like, like tomorrow morning, it's supposed to, I'm going golfing in the morning tomorrow. And it's supposed to be like 60 when I go. And there'll be people that are wearing like pants, long sleeve, maybe even like a big sweatshirt or a coat over. Like as soon as it hits like 50 or 60, people are wearing like coats and stuff. I'm like, it's like perfect out right now it's like when it's like 80 90 it's kind of too hot sometimes but like 60 yeah. is like 60 to 70 is like perfect that sounds perfect man i mean so i, I guess i, I didn't think, really answer your question i just talked about how great our weather is well, but no i mean i'm jealous <laughs> like i got in my cold i got a cold punch for christmas one of those ones yep. from Amazon, oh nice you know? yeah yeah it's it's in my garage so you think it'd be like 30 degrees I went and get in, I went to go get in this thing this morning after my workout and there's like a layer of ice on top yeah. and I'm just like, what is going on? But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's all good. It's part of the deal. Um, I know it's, it's, uh, in Minnesota, it's so hard to cold plunge in the winter. I yeah. tried to do it in college and it's like, yeah, practice in the morning. And then I try to do it. And if I cold plunged, I'd be cold until I woke up the next morning to go oh, to practice. Yeah. Well, it's like I, like, you yeah. go walk to class, you're still like, like shivering, walking. The, you're sitting in class. You leave your big park on while you're in class because you're still just cold. And then you got to walk back in the cold, get back to your college house that's cold. It's yeah, like you just never, you never get back to warm. Like if you cold yeah, plunge in Minnesota in the winter, that's what sucks. I mean, and I was looking at, so I was catching up. I saw you, you, what your last fight, you weighed in at what? 135.8. It said, or something yeah. along those lines. How, yeah. I mean, I remember you wrestled 133 in college to start, you know, went up to 141. What's it like coming back down to 133? You know? Um, weight? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I weigh right. I usually weigh about 160 ish yeah. depending on the week or the day. But, um, um, it, it definitely just the nice thing about college or uh, MMA is you get like you usually have like eight week camps or like you get like yeah. two months and I, I do a great job. I think I wish I would have done it better in college. Like I wish I would have taken more better care of my diet like I do now. Like I did. Yeah. If, if I wish I would have done it in college more because in Damn. college you just you're you're so much freedom. You go from high school where your mom's making you all the meals and stuff. And then finally you get freedom to eat what you want. Yeah. And, and it's not always good, great. Not good decisions. Yeah. Um, you know, drinking like Mountain Dews and eating Doritos and, you know, it's like, yes. Or like, you're just trying to eat less, not eat good, like yes. stuff like that. But so now I do, I do a great job of um, planning out all my meals. Um, I just slowly get my weight down try to get it down to waking up, you know, around 150 within like a couple, like two weeks out yeah. from the fight. And then that last, you know, the day before the fight, I'm usually about, about 146 the okay. day before. And yeah. then I, I cut 10 pounds and yep. it's not bad because I do it so good that like 146, I and I water load right before I do my cut. So I, I yep. do, do about a gallon and a half to two gallons on Saturday, Sunday. That's a, um. Then that's I do. Then I go down to a gallon and a half, or then I go down to a gallon on Monday. Then Tuesday's 0.75 of a gallon, and yep. then Wednesday's half a gallon, and I weigh in on Thursday. That's a so, lot of volume of water. That's a lot of so yeah, like right within the four days right before I put in a ton of water. Yeah. Um, and so I weigh one forty six, but I'm like just full of water. So that first workout, I'll lose like, I could easily lose like seven pounds in the first workout. Unreal. Um, yeah. so it's it's actually it's it hasn't been terrible, but I mean even even I do it good and 
I just think like I make 136 and I I can't believe I wrestled 133 for two years in college. Yeah. <laughs> like we can make out I'm too. Like, like a big uh-huh. 10 schedule. Yeah. We can week in oh. and week out, not hey, I'm making it, you know, X amount of hours before I'm fighting the next yeah. That's a whole different ball. I game. get I get like 30 hours now to recover and you're it so still doesn't feel like enough sometimes, you, you know? You're huge. Yeah. You're huge. Oh, I wait, yeah, I wait. Um, I, I've also messed around with that too, like getting how big I get, you know, from the way into the fight. Um, kind of, I've gotten up to like 56 to 60 for a couple of them. And I feel yep. a little sluggish and slow. So I try to stay in like, like low 50, like 150, somewhere around 150. Like if I'm 152, yeah. somewhere around there. 12 to 15 pounds, let's say. Yeah. If I get up to like almost 160 i just feel like so bloated and sluggish kind of going yes. into the fight. well it's like almost like when you're training and you're a little heavy you feel different yeah because i remember yeah. during the, the old senior level circuit you weigh in day before if i was like that 14 to 16 pounds i felt great the next day but you start getting like you said 20 like yeah, yeah, yeah you don't move as well yeah. you know and yeah i just i think too and it's just like trying the last couple fights i try not to change my my diet too much yeah like you see some people weigh in and then they'll eat like a bunch of stuff like Pasta, that they work, rich that they haven't been eat. yeah how you like i can't go eat a bunch of sugary stuff or like i cut my carbs out like pretty yeah. much all camp i don't eat carbs um I, I for the first couple fights i did it like just the last two weeks cut them out Yep. But now I've been just doing the whole fight camp, no carbs. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it just the first weeks kind of the first week or two kind of sucks. So you feel yeah. a little more sluggish. But then once you get used to it, it's it just. And then I I do a couple fasts within my camp. Um, on the weekends I'll do like a twenty four to like thirty six hour fast. Yep. And I, that really helps just strip the like I'll go from say I'm a little heavier than I want to be, I'll do a fast and then I'll be like, say I'm 157. Yeah. I'll be like down to 52, just like that. And then it'll, I'll just maintain it down there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I must like just been messing around. I journal all my, my camps and yeah. like what I eat and train, you know, when, when I train, wh- what I do, what I eat, how much I sleep, what I weigh. Yeah. Um, and just, so just so I can like, all right, this camp, I did this and I felt like this, this camp, I did this and I felt like this, you know, how, put, how can I put together the best, um, the best camp for me? That's going to make me feel the best. Um, cause you know, you, you can go to people and like, uh, you can go to like nutritionists or whatever, and they, yeah. they give you a plan. Right. But like yep. a lot of times their plans are like, specific to an mma fighter this is a plan for but everyone's kind of different you know like everyone's body's different different. so i've been just kind of messing around with stuff um yeah i'm just keeping track of it so that i know how i felt um how my weight was how my training went how the fight went how i felt in the cage how i felt leading up to it just everything so that's awesome yeah it's been it's been uh it's been fun well, I mean, you're breaking it down to a science, right? So now when you dial in how you're feeling and you go back and look, I mean, you just reproduce that. I mean, that's, that's awesome, yeah. man. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I notice too. And if I'm not doing things exactly like I should be, like I notice it in my training and yeah. it helps steer me back to like, cause I can, I notice like, all right, your training's not going good because of this, you know, yeah, you yeah, stop you're like, doing this. I'm off. You're, you're drank a little, you drank nine beers this weekend on saturday night that was not good now you you felt crappy on monday yes that's what the biggest thing is like out of camp just you know staying disciplined out of camp too you know it's like you want to have fun and live have a semi-normal life but at the same time i still got i still train every every week out of camp so it's like if i if i do decide to drink on the weekend like I know I'm not going to feel the best on Monday morning's practice. I'm not, you know, 20, 20, 22 anymore. Yeah, it's 100%. crazy. Like when you, you get to like 25, it just like changes like that. Yeah, I mean, crazy. Hey, Hey man, I'm 34. And I think 
it's it's crazy. Yeah, like as you get older, the recovery. Well, and that's what I was gonna ask. Like insane. It's nuts, the recovery. So is there any cool stuff you're doing recovery-wise outside of the sauna, the cold plunge? Like, do they have that at your gym or yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a we have a big uh like hot tub and cold tub, like yes. out of ground one, big yep. one of those. We have a sauna there, but it's just like an infrared one that doesn't get super hot. But um I do that. Uh, I got a personal sauna at my house too. Like one of those go. ones you sit in with your, you know, right no, here. Yeah, I've seen those. <laughs> yeah, I got one of those at the house. So I'll yep. do those. I'll do that. Um, uh, I do, go do uh, acupuncture and rolfing. So it's like, yeah. does acupuncture acupuncture with uh, the stem on the end of the needles. And then he does like rolfing is like deep tissue. Like that, that hurts a lot, but That's it's painful, good. Right? Like, it's got to yeah. be. It is. He, he, and he's like a New Jersey guy who like enjoys giving you pain. Like it's like, <laughs> he, he loves it. Like the more you, the more you scream and yell and, and wince. He, yeah. Like when Logan goes in there, he's just, he's the worst. He's like the biggest baby when it comes to getting like his muscles rubbed out. He's like, ah, like, ah. like yelling. And I'm like, it's not that bad. I mean, it's, <laughs> it sucks, but it's you're, not that bad. You're sore from the massage. Oh yeah, for sure. You're, you're you're like I'm in more pain, but but it's like usually like my back. I, I herniated my disc in college in my back, so it's like yeah. it acts up every once in a while. Nope. And I go to him, and it's like within like a day or two, it's just better. Unreal, man. Between the acupuncture, the stim, him getting in there, like, and it's and it's just the way me and my brother's legs are. You know, our our glutes are really tight. We walk <laughs> like. This, you're the you know? same body type yeah we got we got uh we got tight glutes so it kind of <laughs> and our psoases are tight so it kind of messes up our low back but yeah um so that's another thing i have you know try to i notice that the most is when i'm diligent about like stretching and like stretching before and after and warming up and like all the little things that yeah. that kind of are annoying to do yeah. like those are the things that usually help me feel the best for sure. The, the, like my body, the, all yeah. that extra stuff. Yeah, for uh, sure. I mean, if I'm stretching before and after practice and, and going, getting the acupuncture done and doing cold tub and, and Logan's got a cold tub and a sauna at his place too. So I'll go over to his house and we'll do it together sometimes. Yep. But if I'm, and he's got, he's got, he just got red light too at his place. I was going to ask, the, have you done any of the red light? Cause a lot they have them in saunas or they have the stand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, he's I think got a, he's got the stand up one. Like he got just the um, I think it's just a bifold one. Yeah, so you kind of have to do you have to do like one way and then rotate. But yeah. he just got that last week, I think. So I'm gonna start doing that. Um, Amazing. I want yeah, but yeah. I usually shows. I want to hear about it because I yeah. have, like that Huberman Lab podcast. He was yeah, talking yeah, yeah, yeah. about it. I know my wife's big into it. I tree of life. Yeah, yeah. In I mean, it's just like, why not? It's not gonna, it's only going to help, you know? Yeah. It's hard because of the price tag, but yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Like, uh, like the, the nice ones are like, what, what it was. Um, I think it was, God, it was, maybe it was on Joe Rogan's podcast that, that uh, um, Gary Brecco was like, uh, talking about the one that that they make and it yeah. was like $150,000 and it was like <laughs> who could afford that like you can buy a house or red light therapy what yeah. do you want what do you want you can be homeless but have red light therapy yes. or you can get a house yes so Logan's story was he a big part of getting you down there I mean was he the connection yeah. you know what I mean like yeah yeah he, the connection um, yeah so I uh I finished Olympic trials in 21 yeah because they were pushed back a year yep and so that was uh what was that may april may yep and then um yeah he right like probably a week after he called me and and just first he just asked me like why don't more d1 wrestlers fight or do mma yeah, yeah. and i was like god i don't know i I'll, I'll think like we talked about other stuff but then I was like, I'll think about it. I'll, let, I'll call you back. So I call him back like, a couple days later. I was like, I would love to fight. Like I, I watched, I grew up watching, you know, me and Tommy Thorne and Mark Foss and Wayne, we'd always watch the UFC fights Yeah. Um, and the Joe and the Josephs. We always watch all the pay-per-views Yeah. and 
it was something that I definitely always wanted to try, but I just never, you know, you get in the wrestling world and it's like just wrestling. Like it's, That's it. you're, you're so tunnel visioned on, which is a good thing, but tunnel visioned on like becoming an all American, winning a national championship, making yeah. a world team, making an Olympic team. So you're so yeah. like focused on that, which you have to be to do it. 100%. That you don't really consider like anything else. Yeah. Um, but uh so yeah, he I was like, Yeah, I'll try it. And um I came down, he he uh hooked me up with his manager, uh Dave Martin, who manages like my brother now, Blockus, yep. Gable, yep, uh, manages Michael Chandler, Luke Rockhold, um Robbie Lawler. These are guys at your gym, these are at the kill. Yeah, 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 yeah. So manages he manages a lot of dudes even he's getting into the nil stuff too like he manages zahid valencia yeah like rby yeah. um god a bunch of people in nil stuff too but he's you know obviously he started out more mma but um yeah so he logan hooked me up with him he flew me down here and put me up in a place for two weeks and and uh, let me just train at the gym for two weeks. I had no striking background at all. So it was, it was interesting right away, but I knew like that I like the striking right away. It was just, it's so different, but it's semi-similar to wrestling in the aspect of like your movement and um, setting stuff up. Um, and obviously because of my wrestling, like I could at least survive while I was trying to get better at, at striking, yes. you know, by, by yes. just wrestling people. So, yeah. So then got back and I told Kylie about how much I loved it. And um, then, yeah, we both decided we were going to move down here um, probably within like a month of him asking me. And then her and I flew back down here for two weeks and looked at places and yeah, um, by July, 12th we were down here so from may to july we moved down that's so that's two great. two within two months we were already down here and that's yeah great. we we signed our lease as we were leaving minneapolis in the u-haul we didn't <laughs> even see our first place our first year down here we were in just in not a very good place that's amazing but we we couldn't find well it was right when that boom happened kind of of like everybody was going dude everyone was moving down here yeah a b uh the housing prices went up so everyone's renting now so then from when we looked at places in like may to like end of june july because in may it was like tons of places like pretty cheap like good price yep and then by end of june july of 21 it was like they moved up they were all up 500 dollars a month in price and you couldn't even find any yeah you're like what and happened so we're just like months the week before we're leaving, we're like trying to find places. We can't find any. And finally we find this one, but we're in a different place now. That's a, um, it's a, like a six condos, like yeah. six on the bottom, six on the top on the um, intercoastal and our landlords right there. It's way we were in like a big apartment place before. And it kind of sucks. Yeah. Cause you're like, it's hard to stuff would break and it's like takes them a month to come fix it versus like our landlord lives right there and we got we can call him and be like hey send the this guy over but yeah so we moved down here that in the summer of 21 and then um yeah just started just training and yep. working on my striking i think the i we got down here on a saturday and and by tuesday i went to kickboxing sparring Oh, and I just man. got my just got my ass beat. But You're like, hey, I but you got to go through the fire, right? Because I was gonna say, oh yeah, that's you have to be like these MMA guys that leave wrestling, go to MMA. From what I've heard, it's like, hey, there's a learning curve. You got there's oh it's yeah. not because there's I mean, what other disciplines are you doing? You know what I mean? And I don't know. Well, the that's the the hardest part about MMA, I think, is managing your time to because your goal is to be good at everything, every discipline. Yep. and great at a few right that's kind of the goal is like yep. you want to be basically you want to be just as good at everyone everywhere and better than everyone in some places so like for me it's like i want my wrestling to be better than anyone but i need i need my striking and my jiu-jitsu and my kickboxing and all these different things you want to have them good too because otherwise you get exposed by someone who may be better than you there yeah um so just throughout the week it's just you got to manage your time of like working on all these different things so 
you know, working on jujitsu. I mean, there's even like little things within like, like wall work, like as yeah. a wrestler, I think that's the hardest thing coming to MMA is, is, is uh, wrestling on the wall. Cause it's completely different. Like someone you would tech in a wrestling match. Yeah. If they get to lean up against the wall, it's so much harder because they, they get that wall to lean up against. It's so much harder to take them down and, and do stuff. Yeah. Um, they're squaring with you there. That's a it's whole such thing. a, it's, it's, it's hard to explain until you feel it. Yeah. But it's frustrating at first as a wrestler because it, but then you kind of have to, it's just, it's just like anything. You just pick it up, you pick up tips and tricks and yep. your, you know, things that you go to, like whether it's dumping them off the wall or, or um, just different shift shifting of your shoulders or your your weight or whatever it is, but yeah. but yeah, there's I mean jujitsu, there's wall stuff, there's um there's like just boxing, there's kickboxing, or there's muay thai, there's like clinch work where you're kneeing and elbowing, yeah. Um, but so there's a lot of different things. So like I said, it's just managing your time where you can you can put in enough time into each one that you're going to be good in, in every area. Um, yeah. and I feel like I've done a pretty good job of that. I think yeah. part of like this last, the first year it was just get down here and train and I was, and just pick up as much as I can. And, and so I, I grew a little, but like, I didn't feel like my striking was getting like, it was, it was more just getting the basics of striking. Cause that's the whole thing yeah. too. It's like, you got to learn how to throw a jab and a cross. Yeah. Like, and that right there, it sounds easy, but it is so much harder than like yeah. to throw it like good, where it's a good jab and a good cross yep. and the footwork behind it and everything. It's just, it took me like a year just to get jab, uh, jab, cross hook. Yeah. Like, there you so go. It was, so it was good. Yeah. And so, but so that's the, that, that, that process was, it's kind of frustrating because it sounds so simple. Yeah. But then it takes you a year to learn. Like it takes so long to get it down good. And that was what we were trying to do is like make sure I get the basics down first, like good before yes. we move on. You know, because you don't want to not have the foundation and then move try to work on other skills. Yes. Within boxing that if you don't have the foundation right, it doesn't matter if you learn the new skills because it's you're not even gonna get there or you're not. It's not going to matter if you don't have the foundation right yeah so that was the first year and now the second year i've been down here um i guess i'm about almost i'm two and a year two and a half years down here now but the second year and a half has been like all right now we can work on like slipping and cut, putting different combinations together whether it's jab uppercut hook yeah. or you know like and and like countering so they they jab at you you parry it to your jab or you like just different techniques and then footwork like getting angles on them because that's a big thing too just like in wrestling getting an angle yeah. right it's if i can get it if you're straight on on me and i'm over here punching at you it's hard for you to punch at me over here right yeah so it's setting that up so you can get an angle off to the side and yep. get strikes off um to where you're safe and they're in danger. Yep. Um, so now that's a whole nother thing we're working on, which uh, Robbie Lawler's always been great at that. He's been a great boxer and he retired this last summer. So yeah, he's been helping a lot more in our gym and my striking coach, Dieter Navarro. He's, he's really, he's been the big difference for me too, is he um, came to our gym from Miami um, about a year into when I was down here. Yeah. And I started working with him one-on-one, -on -one, like two to three times a week. Um, and so, yeah, I work with him like three times a week now for the last year and a half. And that's been a huge difference for me. Just getting that one-on-one -on -one time where we're, I'm doing stuff and he's watching it. He's holding pads for me. He's watching me on the bag, putting me through different footwork drills, um, just specific stuff to work on uh, and improve on. And then stuff I can say, I do my own workouts at home. I can, do the stuff that we're working on or say at night after a technique practice, I can work on the bag. And cause so many people right away come into the sport and like, you want to get better, but you don't know what to do. Like that was me kind of the first year, like, cause I get it when, when I'm first coming in, like the coaches have 
it's it's hard for them. We have a bigger gym, so it's hard for them to put time into everyone. And I kind of just yeah. did. I didn't. If you ask guys like my, me now in the gym versus my first year, first yeah. year I never talked to anyone. I just worked. So I didn't really talk day, to anyone. Kept your head down. Just, just kept my head down. Was there every day. Just worked. And then the, you know now I'm like talk to everyone, like joke around with them. Yeah, I was one of the guys. I wanted to really like talk. earn. I wanted to make sure like right away everyone knew I was going to come and work hard yep. and not, I wasn't like that guy that was going to come and joke around and even though I'm I have a joke around personality yeah I didn't want yeah. them to think that's who I was 100%. um because I I know you know when I get in there I, I want to work hard and I do yep. usually I don't really joke around when I'm when we're training it's more like before and after yeah but yeah I mean it's just been a big big learning curve that it's a bit it's right away when you get into the sport it seems huge like the the ground you got to make up when you're getting yep. your butt kicked by you know on the striking days but the thing that brings me back is like tuesdays is kickboxing sparring and yeah. i will get my ass whooped but then yeah. wednesday we do we do live wrestling and i'll whoop all the you guys who beat down yeah tuesday. so that's what brings you back because you're like well yeah. i mean i could just wrestle them the whole fight but then at the same time you're you're, you're getting better at striking and then, and, and just, you know, staying at one gym for a long time and, and going against guys every day that, okay, two years ago, how was I doing against him and how am I doing against him now? Right. Yes. So it's like being able to see that too, like all my training partners, like seeing my own improvement when I'm going against them, yep. um, you know, guys who would kick my ass two years ago like it's pretty even now or like yeah. you know maybe they're a little better than me but i've closed that gap so much yeah um, and that helps a lot too but well, it gives you confidence you're like hey because you gotta not only do you have to learn these skills you got to be able to go execute against the best guys in the world or you know at your gym and it's like 100 it starts in the room and if you can get it there yeah. it's like watch out you know yeah and i think that's like you said it's you were like the confidence of it is like, I think that's the biggest thing is like, you can learn all these skills, but are you confident in the skills yourself? Like, yeah. Like there's a lot of guys who it's same as wrestling, but same as any sport, yeah. but there's guys who are in the gym whoop everyone. And then when they get out to the cage, it's like, tight. They're, tight. they're like, who the hell is this guy? What they're happened? Like, what happened? You're <laughs> like, what happened? But, yes. you know, it's just like, and that's where I feel like, um, you know, I, I've went into, couple of my fights now where i've been like i didn't have the greatest camp like yeah this that this and it's like like my last fight i did not have a good camp at all and uh i was like so run down the week before the fight i was doing my last sparring session on tuesday and i just felt run down like didn't feel good like and we just took off wednesday thursday friday saturday yeah. You know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I did nothing besides went to Logan's and did a sauna, cold tub, and uh, um, what's the leg thing's called? Uh, Normatec. Oh, yep. So that's all I did for three days. And then Saturday, I just did a little garage like workout with Logan, like just light hitting, hitting mitts with him and a little yep. bit of grappling, not much. And then sauna and cold tub. And then Sunday, just sauna, cold tub. And going into fight week, I felt amazing and then right before my i walk i'm while i'm warming up for my fight i go to throw like this little kick on logan and his knee hits me right above my knee like not my quad but just like right where your quad connects to your knee and it like shut down my whole quad oh and i could no. barely and i could barely bend my leg yeah and so then it this is like 15 minutes before my fight and i'm oh. like oh and he hit it like it hit and I was like, oh, and then I was like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. But I could see on Logan's face. He's like, oh my God, what did I just do? Like, oh no. But, but yeah. And I went, I remember I went to the bathroom and I looked at myself in the mirror, like this is not good, but you still got to go out there and fight. Like it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. And, and like I, we tried to keep warming up and I tried to go on the ground and like wrestle a little bit and I couldn't even like kneel on my knee. Oh, and, no. and, um, but I was just like, still got to go fight. And I, but, and I was planning on grappling more with the guy because he's yeah. more of a stand up guy. Yeah. But I couldn't really grapple. I couldn't like wrestle much. So I had to just stand and fight with the guy. And 
And luckily, like, like I said, I've had the confidence to also do that going into the fight. But like, if I didn't, then I would have been not as <laughs> yeah, like, good. Okay. I got it. My striking gotta... was what it was two years ago. I definitely would have been a lot more worried going yeah. into the fight. But, um, but that just, you know, it just shows that like so many things can, can happen before a fight and like, and leading whether it's in training camp, whether it's like right before the fight, whether it's your crappy weight cut or this or that, but it's like, who can, who can get into that cage and not care about any of that stuff that has yeah. happened over the last couple of months. Maybe you got staff, you know, mid camp or you got, you hurt something or you did that, but like going, when you get in there, like being able to perform. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's in any sport is the num the most important thing, you know, yeah. that is most important along with a, a good work ethic, obviously. You can't, yes, just, like, yes. you can't just be the most confident person <laughs> in the world and have no idea what you're doing, you know, but <laughs> You got to earn but, that confidence. You got to yeah, earn that confidence. You, yeah, you earn you earn the confidence, <laughs> but yeah, it, you definitely need a a good work ethic and the confidence when you step in there to to perform. Oh, 100%. Well, and I mean, props to you, man. It's like you're making those adjustments, you're making it work. I mean, it, you know, it's funny. I was going back and just thinking about you know, even the segue kind of taking a step back. Like you as a kid I remember the first time I met you and your brother was at a camp in Becker. This was like oh yeah, 15 years ago. And I remember thinking, I remember you guys were working hard. You were getting after you. Yeah, that's probably to... more than, yeah, it was probably long... 15. It was a... yeah. I don't know. I was trying to think. That yeah, like, this is a long a time. It's been a long yeah, yeah. time. But I remember even then thinking, these, these kids are special. Like there's something here. And then fast forward a couple of years, you're at Pinnacle. You, you know what I mean? I wanted to segue into that a little bit like, you know, in your time at Pinnacle, what did you take from being around Brandon, being around Jared, being at the, being, you know, talk about your time growing up there and being in those clubs and the opportunities you had. Yeah, I think, um, like it was what we had at, you know, what, well, what they still have at Pinnacle is pretty special. And, yeah. and, uh, you're seeing it around the country more and more. And that's why you're seeing the sport of wrestling just explode with, high level guys coming into college right away that are just studs yeah. and the high school wrestling now is just insane. Um, but it's because of the clubs around the country and Jared and Brandon, you know, I was fortunate enough that right when I was getting into, you know, around in middle school, like it might even, it was probably like third, fourth grade is right when they were starting up pinnacle. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I was just, you know, fortunate that that's when they started it. And that's when I was coming up in wrestling and, yeah. and, um, yeah, being able to go there and a, I mean, you got a, uh, NCAA champion and an Olympic silver medalist as your coach, your two coaches. So just having that right, right there, it's like anything they tell you, you, you're going to believe it. Right. Like, 100%. I think that's a big thing is like believing in your coach too, is like, if you have a coach that you don't you don't believe what he like, you don't think what he's telling you is, yeah, like, is going to work. Right. You know those kids that are like, like you show them a move and then they try it on the weekend and then they yep. come back on Tuesday and go, it didn't work. And you're you like, did it one just, time. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, I, I believe everything they're telling me, you know? And, and yeah. I just, you know, like you said, like we, me and my brother, we just worked hard and, and then around us, you know, you have the amount of D one college wrestlers that, were in the room that we were training with. I mean, we didn't know at the time, but you know, even like STMA, with... right? I, I we live in STMA now. I know it's listed as your hometown. I was looking you up again today, and you know what I mean. I mean, was that a special time? Even like you said, being at STMA, that had to be part of it. Yeah, too. I mean, yeah, I mean, everywhere you know, everywhere I've kind of been, fortunately, and and it's because of my parents. You know, they always wanted to give us the best opportunities and. And they knew, I mean, my dad wrestled for like two years, junior, senior, uh, high school, but I didn't even know he wrestled before I started yeah. wrestling. Um, but it was like, they, they, soon as we decided that's what we wanted to do, they were all in. And it was like that with every sport. I mean, my dad was our soccer coach, our baseball coach, our football coach. Um, every coach you could think of, right? Doing it and all. Then, yeah. And then my mom ran like the Becker stuff when we were, when we were in Becker, like she ran, she, she brought 
all you know all the people there to coach the the whole town but really she did it so that me and pat had good coaching yeah um but so they always wanted to make sure we had the best opportunity to to um uh get the best coaching and the best opportunities and you know we didn't have a lot of money i know looking back now i know they didn't have a lot of money you know at the time you don't know what money is when you're a kid you know you're just like yeah i gotta go do this and then we're going to this nationals here and then we're and looking back now i'm like I don't know how the hell they afforded to send us like to all the stuff we did and all the national, I mean, every weekend it felt like we were going to a national tournament in Oklahoma or Georgia or Colorado or, you know, it's like Utah. It's like we're going everywhere. And I'm like, I don't know how, how they did that. But so you take like looking back now, I'm like, I, I'm very grateful for it, but um, at the time you don't realize it, but. Yeah, when uh, but yeah, having great parents that that you know, as soon as we wanted to do it, they were like, "If you're gonna do it, you're you're going all the way. You're 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 gonna get the best opportunities that we can give you. We're gonna." Yeah. But then, like you said, having Pinnacle, it's like, um, all my practice partners wrestled in college, so I was every day. It's like you walk into practice on Sunday, Tuesday, or Thursday. You know, you're you're gonna be in a battle. Every yeah, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday. Every Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, it's a scrap, right? It's not right. like there's no easy days at, at Pinnacle. You know, it's like you have to battle every day you're there. Mm-hmm. And um, and that was the same, you know, at St. Michael too. Like you said, like I had um Tommy Thorne, I had to wrestle with him for two years and get my ass beat for two years as a freshman and sophomore i mean i was ranked number one in the state but i didn't feel like it yeah you didn't feel like I. oh man i didn't feel like it i'll tell you that no Ah, the guy one weight above me would will will tell you differently (laughs) but um um so just having guys i think it's important to to have partners around you and people around you that that push you you know what i mean whether you know it's it's not good to get whooped every single day for your confidence but but it's good to have a variety of partners like like at Pinnacle that's the best thing about it is like you have a variety of partners you have the best coaches in the state in the in, for high school in the country yep. you have some of the best coaching and the best partners all in one place and um you have a variety of partners that you know maybe you've gotten your ass beat Sunday and Tuesday so Thursday you're like let me find someone a little little like that i can at least like be even with or like it's a t- you know closer match you know yeah but um but you know everyone around my in my grade like griffin Perriot, owen webster brady Berge, tommy like all of us usually all end up just going with each other and whooping up on each other you know what i mean so and i think it just gets you better and the guys you hang around with you know it's those i didn't have i like Right now, I don't have any friends that weren't wrestlers. Yeah, that's it. I don't have just regular friends like, yeah. that I went to school with or, you know what I mean? Like, yep. I mean, I when I say friends, I mean, like, I, I, I still talk to people, but like, like, you know, so, like really good friends that I like talk to every day or every week or um, they're all just the people I wrestled with growing up and like yep. my practice partners growing up because those are the people that you you see three times a week, four times a week that you're whooping up on each other. You have respect for each other because you've been through the grind together. Um, yep. And everyone are, that are my friends of all, they're all, almost all of them are D1 All-Americans. You know what I mean? Like yeah. those are the people that I hung out with. Those are the people I trained with. Those are the people I, it's like, before, during, and after training, those are yeah. the people I was with. Well, it's you like know? iron sharpens iron, man. You're yeah, yeah. Those guys. And, and it's so, it's so great. It's so like cliche sometimes to say certain like sayings, you know, like yes. iron sharpens iron or this or that. But it's like, it's so true. Like the people you hang out with are just so important on, on your life. Like 100%. if you're hanging out with people that like there was, like I said, the reason I don't have like normal friends, like they're <laughs> normal. <laughs> non-wrestling friends (laughs) is because dude we wrestled from like end of july and then we get august off and then we start again in beginning of september pinnacle practice and we were going from september all the way back around to july 
Like there yeah. was no time. There was no time off. We were going to like tournaments almost every weekend, every other, like, yep. you know, later on, like once you're in like junior, senior year, high school, you're not wrestling every weekend, but yes. you're just doing the bigger tournaments. But still it was like, I didn't go, I didn't like go to parties with the cross country and the football and the baseball guys like in high school. I never, like I, every once in a while, maybe, but like, I didn't go to a ton of parties. I didn't have a lot of those. I wasn't in those friend groups really because I didn't hang out with them because I was too busy. Like after school, I had practice and training. Yeah. You're you're getting after it. They may go hang out, but I'm, I'm going to practice. And then on the weekends, it's like, I got a tournament or I got a tournament coming up. I'm not, I can't go out. I can't go out this weekend with you guys. I got a tournament coming up. Making um, and that, that was another thing too. I was very disciplined about like, if I have something coming up, I'm not, I'm not going and partying or drinking or doing anything yep. like, um, so I think that's the biggest thing is like surrounding yourself with like-minded people that have the same goal as you and the same vision as you. And, um, you know, it's funny. You see a lot of the, a lot of the people you see, um, that you thought were cool back in the day yes. you know what i mean like yes like they may be working a a lumber job or you yep. know labor job somewhere that that you know it pays good money but it's not what they wanted to do when they were when they had their dreams and their visions in high school and when they were younger you know what i mean of and going not, to not, college to like dog, and... not to like dog them or anything i no, mean 100%. i think i think um it's hard when you're a kid you know what i mean there's so many so many different things in your life that happen and different paths that can be taken and and you know but if you if you are disciplined in high school i think that's that those are the years that that can really take you to high school and then you know obviously into college but you can really change your life if that those formative years of your life that you stay disciplined and you really strive for something it can change your life i love it man that's great one is it it literally answered my question because i'm like I'm thinking, okay, we've got high school kids or youth kids are listening. What advice would you have? And I mean, I think that's it. Surround yourself with the right people. That's, that's. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, um, partying is only fun. If all the people you hang out with party. Yeah. Because that's the only thing you guys have in common to do. That is fun. Yeah. But if you hang around people that like, like I said, I only hung around other wrestlers. Right. So we wake up, go like, We'd wake up and go lift at 6 a.m. at the high school, and then we'd go to school all day, and then we'd hang out after school for, like, that hour before we had to drive to Pinnacle together, yep. and then we would drive back, get back at, like, 8 p.m., and then do our homework and go to bed and do the same thing the next day, yep. but I was always, we were always having fun, like, at 6 a.m. lift in the morning at high school, we, it was always, you know, us wrestlers would lift together, um, and we were having fun with it and it was a great time. And it, I look back and it was a blast. It was hard too. Like, it wasn't oh easy. man, but it was a blast to be around them. And, and we pushed each other and yeah, like I said, and then we hang out for that hour after school to go to, you know, one of our houses and just eat a little food and hang out. And then we drive to pinnacle talk and hang out, listen to music, Russell come back. It's like, that's, that was fun. You know what yeah. I mean? That was a lot of fun. That's and fun. that was fun because the people I hung around with, like that was what we did together. It's all about what you find in common with each other to do. That's fun. Oh, you know, if you hang fun. around people that like drinking, you're going to be a drinker. Yeah, 100%. If you're, you know, and if you hang around people who love, who love, uh, you know, their, their health and love uh, working out and doing, you know, like, you're going to probably do the same thing. Yeah. You're getting after it. Well, and that's what I, you know, it's funny, like looking at your college career, I remember, you know, watching NCAAs. Were you round of 12? Did you lose in the blood round one year or two? Both. Oh, my freshman and sophomore year. And, you know, and again, not to focus on that so much is because I remember, and then the next year you busted through you, you all American. Yeah, yeah. I went up and that's when I went up to 41. Well, I was going to ask, so what was the difference? Like in this, you know, I only got a couple more questions, but what was the difference from being in that blood round, which again, we're talking D1, the highest level, 
what was the difference for you busting through to get into that all American? You know, that's a huge deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um I think it was just a little bit of mental and a little bit of I mean it it helped me not getting it the first two years to then push, but it was just more focus, I think. You know, yeah. when I first got to college, it was just such that's another thing. Like when you get to college, it's such a such a big difference from high school and it's such like you're out on your own and you get to make your own decisions. And I think my first couple of years, I definitely like, um, I wouldn't say I, I, I don't, I, my freshman year, I didn't drink at all. Yeah. And then, or maybe a little bit, but not really. Yeah. And then, um, and that summer after my freshman year is when I took silver at the world championships. I remember that. And that's a huge, and then silver medal. So even though I didn't all American and it was, you know, as a true freshman, I had a, I had a, I wasn't too disappointed. Pointed. I wanted to all American, but like yeah. my weight was just stacked. It was like Zane, Zane Richards, Corey Clark, uh, Rico Montoya, all of them were like three or four time all Americans. Yeah. Just in the Big Ten, I think we had five of the eight were Big Tens of the All Americans were in the Big Ten. Unbelievable. So just my Big Ten schedule that year was insane. Yeah, it was but stacked. Every as a true freshman. Yeah, every duel was. <laughs> And I found out later that I had a torn meniscus all season that I knew my knee was hurt, but like, I didn't, I didn't know what it was. I actually tore it before I got to college in August and got a scope. And then I went through the season and my knee was hurting again. And I thought it was just like, I was just being like a wimp, you know, I was like, ah, it's just a little (laughs) scar tissue or maybe it's just a little, you know, sore from the surgery still. And it was like, it tore again in the like what a in pretty much the same spot so i now i have no like medial in my right knee but <laughs> but it was just and then having that like that that year was tough i mean hard schedule um but then going to the next year um uh, i definitely felt better about all american in the next year i just i try to think actually my 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 freshman year i had a good chance of like I had a great draw, I thought. Yeah. My second round, I had K Brock second round. Yeah. In high school, I I beat like four or five times. Yep. And I think he beat me like once or twice that year, but it was like one point matches. Yeah. So I was like, so I won my first round. Second round I had him. I lost like three to two. Yep. Um, and then on the backside, I made a little run, like beat uh an all-American from the year before at 125 that came up. I beat him. Yep. I beat Dom Fores, who's uh all-American from um Pitt's uh Pitt. Yep. Um, and but then I, I ran into Zane Richards for the round of yeah. 12. <laughs> so it's sometimes it's like that too. It's like who you yeah. who you run into. Well, those but, rounds um, all blood round matches are it's late at night, you're beat up, it's late. I mean, those are some yeah. of the un- most unbelievable matches. You guys are just letting it fly, man. It's yeah, like- I mean those those matches are um like they're crazy because you could get like two unseated guys that yeah are in the round in the blood round and then you could get yeah. like the the three and five seed. Yeah, yeah, you get guys that are like right there to go to the finals and you're like, all right, let's yeah, go. yeah, yeah. Let's, let's it's crazy. It's it. crazy how that's what makes them so crazy and exciting. But yeah, so that happened my and then my second year I lost to uh um Joy McKenna on the wait. No, that's not right. I lost to Seth Gross, who won it that year. Yeah. I lost to him on the front side. And then I lost to um Scotty Parker, which that one uh, I wish I would have got that match back. That's one of those ones that haunts me to this day. But yeah. you know, and then but looking back, it's like, you know, I got close to the two years, and then that's what really made me kind of um I think it really helped me look at myself like, all right, my diet's not very good. Like this, that, and the other, like, um, if I want to do this and, and become an all American, like, what do I need to do to change? What do I need to change? Cause obviously something needs to change yeah, if I keep getting the same result every year. Um, so yeah, then I, and I, at the same time as when I met Kylie and I think that helped me a lot too, was having, having her in my life and just, uh, she made me, it made me happy and, yeah, and helped me a lot. Helped me like with little stuff, like um, whether it was with homework or 
hey, can you do my laundry for me? Can you do that? Like just little stuff that would help make my life so much easier. Um, and so I can folk really focus on becoming the best wrestler I can. Yep. Um, and I think that's, you know, a lot of people, you know, you hear like, uh, certain people talk about like, oh, women make the the le- the uh, legs weak or whatever they say. Yeah, you know? yeah whatever they like, say. Well, if they're the wrong one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the wrong, wrong ones make one you better. Can. The right one, but... <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah, the right one will make you a ton better. You know what okay. I mean? And and um, so I think that helped a lot. Just, um, uh, yeah, and then just putting the work in, you know, and, and making the changes I needed to make. Going up to 141, I think I was cutting too much weight. Yep um my first two years i think that any you know young kid um listen to this or watching this like don't cut too much weight it's not worth it yeah like i i not that i you know i don't have any regrets but i wish i would have never wrestled down at 133 i mean i went out there every duel and i was like i can't feel my legs and the match hasn't started it was like that (laughs) but tournaments i did pretty good i did good in tournaments but it was like I made the semis of like every each year I'd make at least the semis of every tournament and like big tens every year. I made the set both years. I made the semis. Yeah. I would win or make the semis of every tournament, but duels, I just struggled because I couldn't go out there and wrestle right away. You know what Wasn't I mean? That, yeah. You didn't have that time to get your body acclimated. Right. And it just, I was cutting way too much weight. You know, I mean, yeah. I came in the, I mean, like right now I weigh, you know, 160, one whatever and i make 136 and i'm like i don't know how i made 33 or even coming out of high school i weighed 158 but it, like i said we were lifted every day so i was kind of like a big p- puffy swollen 158 but yeah. i literally weighed that my in september and by november i was making 133 and having to wrestle in an hour you know what i mean so it's yeah that's a short term and i was a, a young college kid that wasn't doing my nutrition right so it's cutting the weight bad yep and uh, and any young kid too. Water, don't. Yeah. It's your friend. Water, <laughs> drink it. Water is your friend. Lots of water. You know, it's uh that you learn the yeah yeah. I learned the hard way. You know, a lot of a lot of stuff you have to learn on your own. You know, people can tell you, and it just goes, it just goes like this. Yeah, and you're you like, I mean, no, like, no, no, no. like, hear what I'm saying. Water. If you eat, if you eat right and drink a ton of water you will lose weight it's amazing but it doesn't it doesn't seem how can i drink how can i drink 12 pounds of water in a day and lose weight you will lose weight I, it's a, trust me it's, it's crazy it i don't i couldn't believe it either until i literally it took me to get till i got to mma yeah. to figure it out like it took me all of my wrestling career until i got to mma like I didn't figure it out till two and a half years ago yeah, that right. you can drink a gallon, gallon and a half a day and you will. And if you're eating the right stuff, you will lose weight. Yeah. And it's, it, I wish I would have learned that sooner. That's amazing. For man. sure. That's great. Well, and just to wrap up, you know, I, I can't have you on here without mentioning your brother, Pat. Uh, and for those of you that don't know, Pat McKee's, you know, wrestling for the university of Minnesota currently and known both mm-hmm. of you guys a long time. Well, he, well, we can talk about he's wrestling tonight, right? Yeah, we yeah. Have, we network here in a couple of hours. Yeah, yep. What What was the experience like being able to compete at the highest level with your brother? There, being with you, talk, talk about that a little bit. You know, just yeah, yeah. I mean, that was cool. I mean, those are some of my favorite moments. I mean, what sucks is the one year that he was a starter, that I was a starter. It was yeah. 2020 when it got canceled. Oh, but, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but he also blew it. everything. I don't think he would have had a great year anyways, because that's the year he blew his knee out in like yep. January. Yep. And he tried to wrestle at Big Tens that year, and he just couldn't. Yeah. But um, but I think, you know, one of my favorite memories is, is uh, my senior year of high school, his sophomore year. When he beat Aaron Cashman to win state, I remember. And I still hadn't wrestled my match yet, but I didn't even care about my match. It was, it was, um, brother. Oh my god! When I watched him, when I watched him win state for his first time his sophomore year, that's like the num the probably my favorite thing I've ever, ever watched. You know, as far as like sports, yeah, 
my watching my someone win something in sport like watching my brother do that and then next to that would be watching him uh lose and then come back and take third that was that was really special because um that was 2021 when there was yeah. no fans other than family so that. every match i got to go down in this it was a big stadium and there's like no one there <laughs> and i got to walk all the way down i could walk all the way down and sit front row of every single one of his matches and coach him and cheer him on and and um and yeah watching him him a just become an all-american winning that match to become an all-american and then b go on and take third place after losing second round that was that was cool um and then but yeah it's been it's been um pretty uh special and pretty crazy that it, both of our you know wrestling careers are coming to an end and yeah uh all the years we we grew up wrestling together and um whether it was on the same teams or you know fearing on each other you know from the sidelines but um it's been pretty crazy you know he's got one you know one last ride here uh duel tonight um but yeah it's pretty crazy we'll be cheering him on man and you know i oh yeah it's funny where wherever you guys right where I know you're fighting right now and he's like you said ending his wrestling career man we 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 all love following you and always have and where where can people follow I mean should people get on your socials come find you on where can people follow you Yeah I'm a I believe I'm Mitch it's either Mitch or Mitchell McKee MMA on yeah. everything Perfect. Um but yeah my Facebook's banned right now trying to get that back <laughs> that's good that's great but so don't don't look for me on there right now because okay won't find we'll me. get on your we'll get but on, uh yeah instagram and... twitter um uh that's about it that's all i got right now but um yeah i mean i'll if you go on there i'll, I'll be post posting my fight fight news i should be fighting in uh april here they they're going back to Sioux Falls and Mystic Lake. So I'll be in okay. one, one of those two. So being one of those two places in April fighting. So all right. Yeah. Pump it up, man. I gotta get tickets. I'd absolutely love to come watch you and yeah. I'll let you know, man. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you, Mitch. Uh thank you so much yeah. for the time, brother. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, man. We'll talk yeah. soon. Yeah, we'll talk to you. All right, later. Peace. Bye bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Thrive Without Limits with your host, Jake Deichler. We hope today's conversation has ignited your inner flame and left you with new insights to help you thrive in your own journey. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you enjoyed today's show, please leave us a review. Stay tuned for more inspiring conversations that will continue to fuel your journey. Until next time, Thrive Without Limits.